This is the only place that talks about how to maximize the output of your SDR team. Every single week, we get insights from the best-in-class SDR leaders diving deep into exactly how we can better lead our teams, constantly increase the output of our management, and leverage the systems that will allow our SDRs to perform at a much higher level. This is the SDR Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Becker. Do not forget to leave us a review and rate us on iTunes. Welcome, everyone, to the SDR Leadership Podcast. It's your host, Matt, here, and I'm with Paige Quarter, who I'm really, really glad to have on here. Guys, we're going to be talking about how is it that you really build trust with your SDR team? Like, what's the process for that? What does it look like when you've done that successfully? And Paige, can you quickly let us know a little bit about your story? Like, where did you first get into sales development? Yeah, I'd love to. So I started as an SDR at a company called Carta. Um, I came in as a mid-market SDR, worked my way up to enterprise, um, worked in both of those areas about five months or so, and then um, let my leadership team know that I was really interested in being a leader. I really wanted to be in management. I had done it before, and they took a chance on me. Um, After 10 months of SDR work, I was able to move into a manager role at Carta. And then um, when I left Carta, I joined Filevine and um, worked for about a year as a manager here as well. So I had about a year and a half under my belt. And then I was promoted to the director of SDR here at Filevine. Really cool. Really cool. Appreciate that introduction. So topic that, you know, most of us are wondering about or question most of us are wondering about is like, why is it actually important for an SDR leader to build trust with their team? just in the first place? Yeah, I think building trust is really the backbone of the SDR org. So having your SDRs understand and know that you know what you're talking about, that you know um, what's best and what they need to do in order to be successful. If your SDRs can't see um, a path to success in the SDR role or a path to becoming an AE or an AM, whatever their next step is, they're not going to want to do what you tell them to. Building trust with my team really starts from knowing and understanding your reps. They need to know that you care about them personally um, before going into anything that's work-related. If they know that you care about their day-to-day life, um, that's really where it starts. And then you can build that trust as you move into work and um, the day-to-day activities that they, that they have to complete. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one thing you actually mentioned previously, which is, Hey, if they're coming in as like a BDR an MDR and SDR, having that career mapped, how big of a part do you feel that actually plays in building trust with the team? I think it's huge. SDRs don't necessarily want to be SDRs forever. They want to know that they have a next step that they can work towards. And having that map in place gives you the ability to push them to that next step. This is what you need to do in order to get there. This is what you need in order to grow. And just curious, because obviously trust, you're going to build that pretty much from the beginning. Do you you talk with them almost straight away around, hey, like this is what your career potentially look like as far as a map? Do some of them maybe not know exactly what that looks like? 
I'm actually really curious because, you know, I'll get new SDRs and sometimes they don't really know what it is that they want yet. Some of them definitely do. And how you manage that dynamic with them. Yeah, that's a really great question. We start talking about career path in the interview process. So we're already talking to them about specific options that they have. Um, The great thing about working in a startup, though, is they don't have to necessarily take those paths. They can start at a company as an SDR. They can get that experience under their belt, and then they can move elsewhere. The majority of our SDRs are going to go AE or AM, but they also have the opportunity of moving to the marketing team or becoming a manager like I did. Yeah. So you kind of had two different experiences, one at Carta where, you know, it sounds like you, you more so inherited the team. Is that right? Yeah. Or is that's that where correct. you really built it? Yeah. And then at Filevine, you really built it. So at Carta where you like inherited the team, I'm just really curious, like in that environment, because maybe I'm not even sure were some of those people essentially your coworkers before you started managing. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Like that's not an easy dynamic. So how, how did you approach having, you know, the authority and the leadership with them, making sure that, you know, you used to be their coworker, like how do you build that trust where, hey, I believe that my coworker can now lead me? I think that started from the time that I was an SDR with them. I was someone that people would go to and ask questions. We would go and make dials together. They would ask me about sequences or how to write emails. And so I was already taking on some of that leadership without actually having the role. And that helped translate into being their manager on the SDR team. So I had already taken on a lot of that responsibility before actually getting the position. With any of the reps, was there any uh, kind of like rough experience as far as like the individual relationships on that end? Or was it all really smooth? Um, I would say 90% of the SDRs I worked with uh, were excited to work with me and excited to have me as their manager. There were maybe one or two where it was a little bit more difficult, maybe someone who had been there longer than I had and hadn't moved out of the role yet. Um, It created a little bit of tension there. Um, The way I worked around that was just showing them that I knew the answers, that I was able to help them improve their results and managing each person differently and to, to what they needed to learn. Did they, after you were like, hey, like, you know, I have this figured out, like, you definitely help you out were they pretty much fine with you after that? Or was there always a little bit of that tension? Like, ah, Paige kind of took a little bit of a promotion from me. No, um, I, I think overall the, the tension did end up going away. Um, it was, you know, honestly not too long into it, uh, maybe a month or so when they were starting to see the results and seeing the improvement for themselves. Um, that took a lot of the tension away from them. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely help. So Filevine, we're over here, you know, you're more so building it from scratch. It's probably, and I mean, in my opinion, a little bit easier than like inheriting a team to build trust with people who you just have instant authority. Like maybe you conduct the interviews, things like that. But what was your approach with like new reps, new team, maybe not as much, much of a track record with the new team and building trust with them? Yeah. Filevine was an interesting story because when I came in, there was a team established already, but the team that we had here, um, the majority of them weren't really excited about what they were doing, and most of them ended up moving on to other roles. 
Um, so when I say we started from scratch, that's kind of what I mean. We ended up basically completely replacing our SDR team in the course of about four months. And you're right. So coming in and trying to take over a team that wasn't excited about their roles, wasn't excited about what they were doing, that was really difficult. Um, once we started to get the right people in the place in, into place, um, the right people who, you know, didn't necessarily want to make the cold calls, but would do it and understood the reason behind it. Um, I think that really made the, the role a lot easier and um, the training a lot easier. A question on that. What is it that, in your opinion, separates someone from who can be successful? Or maybe like you have examples of like the different traits or beliefs that the SDRs that didn't make it had. What is it that was different about them compared to the new reps? Like why did it work with the new ones versus them? The new reps, there there were a couple of differences. So the new reps were consistent in the work that they were doing and they understood the why behind the ask. So why are we making 50 dials a day? Why are we prospecting and finding 10 accounts per day? Why am I asking you to do that? Um, the new reps were also, I think, a little bit more motivated by money and success. And so we could talk about promotions and we could talk about, hey, go and try and hit 150% of quota, 200% of quota, really max out your ramp. And having those people coming on board and already talking about the success that they can have here, I think that really helped. The people that had worked here before hadn't seen success and they were used to or maybe just not motivated by money. Um, and so it was a lot it, it was a lot more difficult to coach them and to get them excited about working when they hadn't seen that success already. Remind me, which of the teams was virtual versus in-person? I remember you told me previously, but... Yeah, Carta, when um, COVID hit and we all went remote, we worked remote for the majority of the time that I was a manager on that team. Um, so Carta is was the remote team and then um, Filevine, we're a hybrid system here. Yeah, so I know that there's some SDR managers where they've actually transitioned their team from in-office to virtual. I mean, especially during the last couple months. And some of them have kind of lost a little bit of their culture. So I thought it'd be super relevant to chat about this. What do you feel are some of the differences between, if any, building trust with a virtual team versus in-office? I would say the foundation is still the same. Having trust from your reps is still important in either way or either path that you take and how you build that trust is still the same. They still need to know that you care about them. They still need to know that their personal lives and their ambitions are important to you. Um, I would say the motivating part is a little bit different because you can't just go give them a high five in office. Um, you have to do that all virtually. So Zoom meetings where you're not talking about work actually help. Um, either that's a happy hour or, you know, a team meeting we did, uh, teach me something where it was something that they got to teach the other reps about that was, um, important and personal to them. And we had things from learning about plants to how to change a bike tire. It was all different. It was all over the place, but it was things that they cared about. And so just bringing in those personal aspects, I think really helped. Okay. That's super interesting. Cause I've heard it once or twice before where some of them will either have like the first 15 minutes of a meeting just dedicated to small talk. Um, and I, I guess, you know, people can kind of trickle in during that time if they want, 
And some of them will just have full meetings. It sounds like what you were saying, where it's just, let's just, yeah, like talk about how can we replace a bike tire, right? Or like how do plants affect one's closability or, or whatever it is, you know? So how do you structure those meetings? Both. I did both ways. With the one-on-ones that you do, um, I scheduled them for 30 minutes. And for the reps who had been here a little bit longer and didn't need as much time or attention, it might just be one 30-minute-a-week meeting. And first, you know, five, ten minutes is talking about small talk, and then the rest is going through and actually talking about numbers and and what they need to do in order to perform better or continue what they're doing. Um, For newer reps, I gave way more attention. So someone that was just starting in the first month or two, I was doing, you know, multiple 30-minute meetings, probably four a week, or like two hour-long meetings, and then just being available to jump on Zoom and walk through, how do I look through Zoom info, or how do I build a report in Salesforce? So just always being available. Um, But the small talk part of it was super important if you're going to do it in that structure. And then also having those side meetings where it's the full team that you're managing and giving them the opportunity to get to know their team as well. The Meetings where we talked about how to change a bike tire weren't, you know, important for their role at all, but still having that team aspect and still having people um, care about the team members and and care about the team goal was really important. So I think that doing both is great. So with those team meetings, though, would you just talk to one of your your reps and be like, hey, I know that you replaced your your bike tire over the weekend. (laughs) Care to share? Or how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. We had people sign up. So um, I had just an Excel spreadsheet and I was like, all right, who wants to go this week? Who wants to talk about something? And they would just put their name on there. And then um, I'd either talk to them about it before, like, hey, what are you what are you planning on doing? Or just kind of let them go off the cuff and go over things that they care about. And some people built out a slideshow and did a full presentation on it. Some people just um, you know, walked us around their apartment and showed us their plants and how you water them and things like that. It was either way. It was super fun. That's super interesting. And you had good buy-in for that. They were like, oh yeah, this seems really cool. Yeah. My team loved it. Really? Okay. We also did, you know, uh, macaroni cook-offs and burger cook-offs and we played an online Pictionary game called Scribble. It was a lot of fun. That is super funny. Is there anything else that you do to help the team get to to know each other because that is actually really important too like does do the individual SDRs trust each other we um we did this virtually and we do this in office we pair them with mentors so people that are successful on the team that can help them be successful as well um it only works if you have that team camaraderie though so if your team cares about their peers being successful, then that will work for you. Um, If they don't, if they're really only in it for them, then it doesn't work as well. And so that's why having those team meetings where if you're virtual, you're talking about nothing and you're just kind of goofing off. And then in in office, having um, kind of the same thing, but having those meetings where you're talking, your team is sitting together, everyone gets to chat and, and communicate. I think that's really important. Yeah. Conversely, what do you feel are some of the mistakes that SDR managers will make when first they're just trying to build trust between themselves and their reps. What do you think are some of those mistakes? Coming in too hot, if you will. So um, 
too excited to immediately drive numbers and performance. Um, it all leads back to your reps need to know that you care about them. And if they think that they are just a number, they're not going to um, perform the way that you want them to. Maybe some people are just driven by money and that works for them, but the majority of people care about that personal aspect as well. Do you actually have a story, like maybe it was yourself personally, or I know, you know, you manage other managers now where that was the case with one of them and kind of how you overcame that? Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about um, one of the managers that I have on the team now. He started as a manager around the same time that I took over director. And he was an AE at the team. He had been an SDR for Filevine as well. And um, he wasn't having the success he wanted to see with his team immediately. Um, He and I talked about it in our one-on-ones. He got advice from other people. And the biggest thing was just building those relationships. He came into every single one-on-one and just talked about the results and the numbers that they were doing and what they needed to do to succeed. And he didn't have the personal aspect where they talked about their dog or their cat or their kid. And um, he didn't have that... uh, that aspect of I care about you and I want you to be successful outside of work as well. Hmm, interesting. And did he inherit a team or did he build it basically from scratch? He inherited a team. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So in that situation, I guess if, if you're like a new manager coming in inheriting a team and you need to build trust as like a foundation, would you say that maybe even for the first week or two, you, you don't really talk about numbers or just like less so? How would you approach that if it were you? Great question. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, I would say the first one-on-one you do should just be getting to know that person. Shouldn't talk about numbers, shouldn't talk about um, the team or trainings or any of that. You should just talk about them, get to know them personally. If you are in office with them, going to lunch, Um, either doing a large team lunch with everyone or just individual lunches just to get to know those people that you're going to be working with. If you're virtual, um, again, doing those fun kind of side meetings where you're not talking about work, you're doing something fun. Um, We did slides about me. And so it was just a single slide where you talked about yourself, what you like, what you don't like, what your superpower would be. You put pictures of yourself on there. Um, just little things like that to get to know the individuals on your team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I know when I was a rep, there was a time where there's another manager that came in and they actually took that approach where they took the first one-on-one just to get to know me. But I did feel like it was pretty scripted. <laughs> like he's like, all right, like, what's your goal? You know, like, why are you, where are you trying to go with your career? Like, what do you think could be adjusted? Do you have any advice on how SDR managers can avoid sounding super script and basically, you know, just like, how is it, like, what's the difference between just asking the questions and like focusing on them versus actually coming across authentic, like you care about them? Yeah, you can have a list of questions that you want answered by the person, but the key is active listening. So if they mention something um, that's important to them, asking another question into it, diving deeper into that. It's the same thing that you'll learn when you're an AE and you're selling to a prospect. You need to make sure that you're actively listening to what they are talking about. And you're not just trying to get through your checklist of items. You need to make sure that they understand that you're hearing what they're saying. 
Yeah, it's very true. That guy was not was not active listening in hindsight. Cool. There's one thing you had mentioned previously about the the mentorship type program that you have with new SDRs where they'll get paired up with a senior SDR. And one of the other things I was going to ask you was, why do you feel it's important for SDRs to share their knowledge with the other reps? Mm. Yeah, you want your top people to be willing and able to help the reps under them. The SDR world, sales in general, is always changing. And so the best practices that I had when I was an SDR two years ago may not be the best practices anymore. Um, and so you want to have the people that are having success right now today be able to show and shape the people that are up and coming in your org. The other thing with having a mentor, at least at Filevine, is the majority of our AEs that we have have been promoted from the SDR org. And they are paired with SDRs. So if you have someone who's an SDR now who's able to mentor and coach someone who's up and coming, and then they move into an AE role, now they still have that practice. They have that ability to go in and work with the SDRs that they have on their team that are supporting them. And so you're building that relationship from the start of if I help someone else be successful, they'll help me be successful. That's really cool. So do you actually pair one SDR to like one AE as far as like who's booking appointments with who? Or do you have it as more of a free for all where like anyone can book with anyone? We do two different things. With our enterprise team, we have a one-on-one relationship, one SDR to one enterprise AE. With our mid-market and SMB SDRs, it's a pod system. So it's roughly five AEs to three SDRs. That number changes a bit, just depending on how many people we have hired, et cetera. But a pod system where um, they are all working together. So if an SDR goes out and they prospect their own account and they get that person to say yes, they can round robin it within their pod. If they are working one-on-one with an account that the AE said, hey, I want you to go after this, go and find the right people, figure it out, or they help them do those things, then that meeting goes to that AE. Okay, gotcha. Other question, how how do you maybe give feedback to an SDR on how to be a better mentor? The first part of it is really just joining the meetings with them. So you're involved in the initial meetings that they do. Um, A lot of the times you can give them things that they need to work on. So it's like, hey, this person is having trouble finding the right people to reach out to. Can you help with that? And then you go and you watch how they do that. And then it's just actively giving feedback every single meeting. Um, You'll get to a point where your mentors don't necessarily need to have help with that. They know what the person needs to work on. They know from previous experience of working with other SDRs, um, what they need to focus on when they're new versus when they've been here for three months. And so they have an idea of what that looks like. Okay. So you'll join in, because it sounds like you'll get the mentors to do one-to-ones with the SDRs, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And are those more ad hoc or is it a once a week type thing that you generally do? really depends on the team. Um, Because we're in office, they all sit near each other if they're on the same team. And so we pair mentors and mentees with people who they're going to be near. So a lot of the times they can just turn around and say, hey, I have a question about this, help me out. 
but um, we also do one-on-ones. They're more like bi-weekly. So like every two weeks or so we're having them meet where they're actually sitting down and asking questions, but a lot of it's ad hoc. So they're, they're just doing it off the cuff. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And yeah, I guess if you're, you're in office, actually, do you usually record meetings? Like you'll just still record them all the same? Um, no, we don't record most of the meetings that we do in office. Okay. Interesting. Cause like I run a virtual team in case you guys haven't already realized. And like one of the things that I'll do is like, I'll give uh, almost like feedback on some of those meetings that SDRs are having with each other. And I guess if you're in office, if you're not sitting, yeah, I guess the only option would really be to go and sit in with them. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Any other approaches that you use to help the SDRs give feedback, like maybe other frameworks or other like structures that you put in place to make giving feedback more smooth or more possible? Um, so we have a, like an onboarding checklist that we do. Um, this is for the SDR who's learning and who is just starting to know what they need to know. Um, because when you start as an SDR, especially, especially if you've never done sales before, you don't know what you don't know. So we have an onboarding checklist that they can go through and that's helpful for the mentor as well. Um, they have access to that. They can see, yes, this person has checked this off or no, they haven't. And so if they aren't sure what to cover that week or, or don't know what the person doesn't, uh, doesn't know, then they can use that checklist and go through that box. Do you pay SDR mentors a little bit extra for helping out? Yeah, um, this was put in place by one of the managers that I worked with at Filevine, and it's a great idea. Um, we actually give a little bonus to the mentors, and it gives them an extra incentive. So yes, it's great if you have SDRs who are excited about helping others and, you know, are selfless and want to be able to do that, but it takes a lot of time. And so we give them a bonus if the mentee hits their ramp quota, which is three months of hitting their ramp quota, then that mentor gets a thousand dollar bonus on their check. If the mentee doesn't quite get to their full ramp quota, the mentor does still get a bonus. It's just a little bit less and dependent on how many SALs they got through that ramp period. Okay, gotcha. So after the 90 days, you know, they'll get paid out in full or like maybe a percentage of that based on performance. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you find that your reps drive pretty hard for that grand? Yeah, I would say the majority of them do. Some reps don't care and they're not interested and they don't want to be a part of the program and that's totally fine. We're not requiring that anyone do it. But the majority of our reps are excited about getting an extra thousand dollars um, and helping out their team. Yeah, yeah. Would you say it's more just like a deal sweetener, more so than like primary motivation, though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Cool. Any mistakes that you see SDR managers make that you've maybe made yourself as far as trying to get SDRs to give feedback? What are some bad ways to do that? to get SDRs to give feedback to their mentees or exactly. what do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, some SDRs can be a little harsh in their feedback, I would say. And I'm a very blunt person myself. So I have to pay attention to this when I'm giving feedback to others. Um, but making sure that you do a sandwich, if you will. So you give a compliment, you talk about something that went well, 
you put something that they need to work on in the middle and then you do another, hey, but you're doing great at this too. Make it a sandwich. And that way you're not just always giving bad feedback. You're also telling them the things that they're doing right so that they can focus on improving the things that they haven't done right and then making the other things great. Yeah. Any other mistakes you've, that you've seen or is that basically the primary one? That's the primary one. Um, occasionally you'll have an SDR give the wrong feedback of something that they think they're doing right and they're not and you don't want that to be taught on your team. And so just making sure that when that happens, you give immediate corrective feedback of, hey, don't do that. Don't say that. Um, here's what you should do instead. And that's why joining those meetings initially, or like you said, recording and giving feedback later, that's really important. You don't want to just say, oh, they know what they're doing. I'm going to let them teach three other people because what if they're teaching them wrong? Hopefully that was helpful for all of you. If you want to get in touch with Paige, I'm going to drop her LinkedIn down below. So you can just go ahead into the podcast description and check it out there. If you would like to be an interviewee, or if there's someone you'd like to see interviewed, shoot me an email, send me a message over LinkedIn. Um, I'm fairly responsive on both of those platforms and we can see about making that happen. One other thing as well, uh, as per usual, if you haven't already, have it on iTunes, drop us a rating, drop us a review. That'll help us get the show in front of more people and bring in more of the people you wanna see interviewed on the show. It's a huge, huge help, so definitely go ahead and do that. And also, I will drop a link to that game scribble in the description below in case any of you guys want to try that out with your own teams i definitely will be probably uh, this friday actually so i'll let you guys know how that goes as well all right appreciate you all we'll see you in the next one